Hey everybody, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is episode number 213. Now, 213 is an odd episode, but it's a great place to start a new thing. So in this episode, we are starting a new format to hopefully bring you the best episodes possible. You'll hear more about it in the actual episode, but we think you're going to like it. We're also bringing a new schedule out so that, again, uh, we can make the best podcast that we can. Joining me today is Joel Zerlup and Brian Tyler as we talk about Oregon Trail. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy it. Now on with the show. Let's do this. We we are relaunching the podcast, guys. That's sort of. scary. Yeah, like it is kind of scary. scary. Uh, new format, new stuff, new not new people. We're we're the same. I'm Jonathan. You're Joel. Yes, I am. I am still Joel, even after 200 episodes. Yep, you're Brian. Am I still Brian? I think so. Okay. All right. I, I'll, okay. Yes. Okay. Hey, you seemed a little unsure there, but we'll just go with it. It'll be fine. You'll you'll be Brian. It, it's cool. It's been a long day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It has indeed. Well, welcome, everybody, to the Dark Cast. Um, this is one of our, like, this 213 or so or something like that. Uh, it's been about a month since we've done a podcast because we kind of re- started rethinking what the podcast should be. And, uh, you know, doing a podcast every single week is uh, kind of tough, specifically when you run out of things to talk about, which with video games, I mean, we're always playing something, but sometimes what we're playing isn't very interesting, sadly, and oftentimes, especially during the summer, nothing is happening in video gamedom. Um, No new games are coming out, nothing interesting is being talked about, everybody's tired from E3, and uh, it's just pretty quiet, like, across the board. And so the three of us sat down and kind of hashed it out and decided we don't really need to do a weekly podcast. One, like, we want each podcast to be really good. So instead of right. having four podcasts that we don't really have a whole lot to talk about, it would be better to take all those little interesting things that don't really fill up a podcast and put them into one podcast. And also, I think it makes it easier on you, the listener, because I don't know about you, but for me, I always get frustrated with weekly podcasts because I never feel like I can keep up because there's always more every week and it never ends. Um, So hopefully it makes it easier for you to listen to us, ramble on about video games. And also, we wanted to take kind of a different approach. Um... Not only are we going to monthly, so that hopefully these are better and more interesting and more fun, uh, but we're also going to be taking kind of a retro gaming approach at it, where each month we're playing a different game uh, and talking about it and uh, hopefully having a good time with it. So you weren't here when we discussed this, but we all decided to play the Oregon Trail. Um, it's really one of the first games for a lot of people that, yeah. at least if our age demographic, that got us into video games. Like, this was my chance to get out of class and do something besides listen to a teacher drone on. So, right. And it was yeah, also, going back. it was yeah. one of those games that, like, it's not quite edutainment, 
but it wasn't frowned upon by like parents and stuff. Like it was okay yeah, it was, if you were playing Oregon Trail. Was, you, was your brain story. wasn't leaking out of your brain. Your brain wasn't leaking out of your brain. Your head. Well, I mean, something. I don't know. That's true. It might have been leaking out of your butt if you got dysentery. <laughs> that's, <laughs> which, that's always a danger tell, of the trail. Let me tell you about dysentery and cholera. Not a good combo. So, I only got dysentery once. Most of the time, I got typhoid and cholera. Back to back. And then somebody died. Oh, man. Uh, that was that was the most common thing uh, for me. I uh, I played through the game, I think, four times. Um, which, it's, it's surprisingly short. Like, I feel like this game used to take hours out of your day to be able to get through. And, no, it, no, it takes, can... like... It's... 10 Did minutes? 20 minutes? Yeah, 20 minutes, something, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say about it, yeah. Good 10, 20 minutes per session, yeah. Which is just kind of mind-blowing to me, that this game is only that long. <laughs> well, so I think it's funny oh. you mentioned that, that, because one of the first things I was going to bring up, I actually wrote some notes, so this shows a difference already in the Ooh. old podcast versus yeah. the new. I don't think I've taken notes in a long time. Uh, but I will say that one of the, my first notes was, I think I used to play video games with more patience. I, I I was flying through the menus of this game. I was like, just go, just go, just go, just go, just go. Uh, hunt, hunt. Okay, nope, just go, just go. And, like, I found myself, I, I'm not, I, I, maybe you're supposed to get more patient as you grow older. I, I don't know. I have lost all patience. And I was just trying to fly uh, to the end of the trail, and that was not very successful. Not to mention, too, you got to remember, if you were trying to get out of class, you you really wanted to make this Oregon Trail last. That's true. Um, and so uh, the version we were playing, though, is a far older version than the one I played. I believe this was from 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, an MS-DOS yeah, this, this is the original Oregon Trail, which I don't think I've ever actually played before. I think the I first one I played was Oregon Trail, the second edition. Uh, and I think the main one I actually played was Oregon Trail, the fourth edition. Because um, it had, you know, like the uh, FMV people on the screen walking around on crappy looking, you know, CGI in the background. That's that's the one right. that I have the the most vivid memories of. That yeah. and the, the ripoffs of this game, like the Yukon Trail and the Amazon Trail. Those were fun. You keep saying that, and I have never heard of those games. That's why they're ripoffs. <laughs> but I'm with you. I played the fourth edition. They had weird, like, uh, real life, like FMV stuff in those games, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, so this first edition was definitely like an old school MS DOS version where you were typing numbers um, to like make selections and there was a slightly a very very basic graphic interface but otherwise it was uh just kind of uh numbers and text which i actually kind of enjoyed um i almost wish this was on my phone this would be actually a lot of fun i think the part that really got me was when um it asked its first kind of yes or no question Mm -hmm. and i scanned i scanned the uh the text for like what number it wanted me to push in and i was like wait a second does it actually want me to say yes? Say oh, it yes. does. Yeah. <laughs> does it actually want me to put Y on there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took me a second as well. It's like, I don't see any options. I don't, I don't know what you want me to choose, game. You have to force feed me everything. Yes. And I was like, oh, why? 
So how do you guys remember how these how these computers work? Right? <laughs> How'd you guys fare on the Oregon Trail? Uh, my first time, I think everybody died before the first river. Um, Whoa! That's yeah. Worse than me. Okay. Yeah, no, it was crazy. The first time I died, or the first time that I started the game, um, you know, you you press like the space bar to start, and immediately my two sons like had broken legs and cholera, like. I guess a day into the Oregon Trail, the worst Oregon Trail <laughs> trip ever. Yes. Um, and so then, uh, you, you know, you're walking forward, and it tells me that like a thief came by and he stole like food and bullets and stuff. Oh my God. Yeah, it was it was bad, and I don't think I anybody don't... actually died. I just quit because I was like, I, no, this is like this is the worst. I'm not I doing this to these people. Yeah, it, it almost would have been great if you just got to, like past the opening screen where you just purchased your stuff and it says, "Sorry, you were held up by gunpoint and shot to death." <laughs> Start over. <laughs> that yes. would just be great. Because you know <laughs> what? I'm sure there was at least one case of that back in the day. So yeah, let's let's throw some extreme randomness. Now, I, I definitely made it to the first river every time. Now, I can't I can't speak to how far I got because it. Uh, it was not smooth sailing for uh, the Zerlup clan on the Oregon Trail. I think I lost everyone usually by about the halfway point. Oh, wow. Um, my big problem was I kept picking... I, I, you have the option to start as, let's see, a carpenter, a banker... What else? A farmer. A farmer. I picked yep. a carpenter every time because I figured that would just keep my wagon going. What that what they don't tell you is that's not a lot of money, and uh, you gotta hunt a lot more than I was doing. Well, you, you it, the game can tell you that if you it press does. four and yes. go to find out the differences between these choices. <laughs> Once again, that goes back to me not <laughs> and just being like, I am going. My goal is to get to the end of this so I can say I did it, and I didn't do uh. that before. It was time to record, but I did play four times, and I died all four times. Uh, this last go, I was pretty close. I was uh, near like Salt Lake City, so I was almost there. I think before you put it up for good, I think you do a run as a banker and you just you live yeah. the good life on the trail, uh, eating uh, full to meager meals and and kind of just coast your way. You, you take the ferry when it's offered. Um, mm -hmm. higher, you let the Indians hire Native the, Americans exactly. Get you let you the Indians the help you across the river. Yep. Um, <laughs> You know, yeah, that was my that was my big problem. Was rivers were always where I lost people. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, okay. So, so I, like, okay. how did you generally try to cross the river? Uh, let's see. Your options are either to float it or ford it, or was that ford float? Occasionally, you get you can wait for better conditions. Yes, mm -hmm. or wait yeah. if that was an option. Okay, or you can you can uh, attempt to. Uh, sometimes you can hire a ferry if there's a ferry running. Yeah. Um, and other times, you, you know, they, they give you the option of, I think near one of the forts, it's to uh, to ask a Native American for help. Yeah. Uh, so I, being a carpenter, you run out of money real quick. Um, so you do not have the option to take the ferry. So you have to either ford or float it. Um, and I did a combination of both of those, depending on the depth of the um, river. But... Oftentimes that left either one or multiple people of my family drowning. Yeah, that that happened to me. The so the second time that I played, uh, I actually got to the river because nobody died immediately, and so I was like, "This is pretty good." 
and you get to the first river. I don't remember what it's called, um, but it's it's like four hundred feet across, and it was like three feet deep that day. Uh, one of the things, you know, if you wait uh, for better conditions, then the depth of the river may change. Um, and uh, I was thinking, you know, three feet—that's that's fine, right? Yeah, I, I can do that. My my like six oxen that I bought—they'll be they'll be fine. Uh, no, Underwater. two. Two oxen and two of my children drowned in three <laughs> feet of water. Right. Um, and so I was like, wow, I'm never going to try to ford the river again. Uh, and trying to float it uh, proved successful pretty much every time, except uh, there were a few times. There there's one river that's like a thousand feet across and like 30 feet deep. And for that one, I... Uh, I chose to just go the ferry because that that seemed the most. Prudent. Nothing bad can happen on the ferry, right? I don't yeah, think no, so. The ferry, the ferry is a fairly, it is a a pretty smooth ride across. You actually wonder though, back then, such... like how smooth that ride really was. Yeah, <laughs> that right. Was terrifying. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, no, I uh, I don't know why I didn't choose anyone but a carpenter. But uh, by the time you get about halfway. All the food that you've purchased has been You're like, I've got gone. left. Yeah, and usually I've gotten robbed or uh, drowned into a river, which means you also lose equipment and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, I also had just the wagon just break down in the middle of the road, and, you know, you can't go anywhere after that. Yep. Uh, you can't they, fix uh, it, you're screwed. The, my second playthrough, I feel like, was my most memorable one. Um in that one for me because that one so my two of my kids die in the first river because you know three feet of water is really dangerous um and then uh let's see that they were that was Waverton and uh what what was the other guy's name uh Waverton and some other random like last name that shouldn't be a first name but I made it one because these are like hipster Oregon trail people um but uh, my, my guy's name was Bobberton. Uh, he's not Robertson. <laughs> he's he's Bobberton. Uh, and I think his wife's name was Shelby. Uh, and then they had a daughter named Sharika. And uh, we made it well over halfway. Um, and then both Shelby and Sharika got cholera and typhoid and broke, I think, an arm and a leg. And then they died. And then almost immediately after that, I, I was getting really close to... Uh, Fort Boise I actually wrote it down I think I was like 20 miles from Fort Boise and uh, that's like what three quarters of the way there or something like that two thirds somewhere yep. down there if not and, a little further yeah you're almost there and um, so I, I'm almost to Fort Boise and then he gets lost for nine days oh I ran out of food and then the axle broke which I was able to repair, and then Bobberton died. Oh. And, like, I, I could see the fort on the screen. Like, it was yep. it was there, just inches away from Bobberton. And, um, yeah. R.I.P. Bobberton. Yeah. And I would have loved to have uh, been able to type in an epitaph, but for whatever reason, I can only type in S, B, and U. Um, <laughs> so... I, I, all other letters just didn't do anything. That's, that's, so that's uh, all Bobberton could manage. That's, these yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That's all he had left in him. So I, I mean, that, that's a lot to ask somebody to inscribe their own tombstone, you know? So. Yeah. I, I did find, and I don't know, Brian, because uh, Jonathan didn't even realize you could hunt. Uh, yeah, but, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> um, I found in hunting I could not move, like, actually from the spot I was in, other yes. than directionally. You kind of spin. Yeah, that's it, right? You can't actually move through the grid? No, yeah, you don't actually go anywhere. And, like, you can't shoot through an animal. So, like, if you kill an animal and there's, like, a bear... Let's say you kill a bear straight in front of you. If an animal is still straight in front of you but behind that bear, the bullets just keep hitting the bear. So you're just <laughs> annihilating your uh The carcass of the bear? Yeah, poor bear. But, yeah, like, uh, and I don't know if Brian mentioned this pre-podcast or post, but, uh, or, or during the podcast... But uh, you can only carry back a certain pound of uh, um, hunting. So, like, as a carpenter, you don't get to buy that much food. And so you're constantly having to hunt. And that gets kind of old. See, I, I, that- feel like, I feel like there should be a trade-off here. Like, if you're a banker, sure, you have more money. But obviously, you're you know going to be a puny guy. But if you're a farmer, you should be able to carry back, like, however damn much food you want to. Well, like, you can just carry the it, whole bear. It, you should be That's able fine. to, like, use more of the animal. Sure, yeah. Like, you know, like, you got skills. Bring back a bison, but you get, like, 150 pounds worth of meat out of it or something. I don't know. Something yeah. more gamey. But no, the, the, the only thing you get as a farmer is at the end of the trail, should you crawl your way to Oregon, um, <laughs> hungry and dying, you get four times the points. Yeah. So. yeah. So kudos to um kudos to you. Yeah. Here are some points. But like uh, even as a carpenter, like one of the benefits of being a carpenter is you're going to be able to fix stuff, but even that doesn't always work. Yeah, that, even that is pure pure RNG as the kids call it. Random number generation. It's all it's all left up to to some weird invisible stat. Yep. Yeah, and and a percentage. I don't I don't think you're any better at fixing stuff if you're the carpenter than being the banker. I think it's purely how much money you get and how many points you get at the end. Yeah, really? but you figure, like, a carpenter, like, you like you figure that that would be something that they, that would be good at. Well, like, we, we, we figure, figure, we figure that... A carpenter. We figure that now, 25 years after this game came out. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't think there's any difference, honestly. Uh, which, you know, I mean, even having that difference in 1990 is more than most games. I, I mean, really, this is kind of the first of its kind in a lot of ways, so... Yeah, I think you yeah. also start... So, like, from what it looks like, um, at, being at the beginning screen that I'm looking at here, so the banker's from Boston. So you, the banker actually has a longer way to go than the carpenter who's from Ohio or the farmer who's from Illinois. Don't you always start in Independence, though? Maybe? Do you? I thought so. Hold on. No, I'm not even sure now. <laughs> uh, now we're doing research on the podcast. Yep. We must know. I actually do want to know that because I feel like I'll feel like even more of a failure if I had a head start. Uh, no, your no, jumping no, off place is okay. Independence, Missouri. Starts. Yep. So, um... So when Everybody did you guys worked. leave? Uh, that you get an option oh, of four yeah. or five different months. I was I left, left in March. Okay, I, I, I left I in April and May cold. each time. Sure. Yeah. But, but then there's also heat on the, the oh. other side of it. So. True. That's true. 
And, uh, yeah, water was always a problem for me. <laughs> always had bad water. I, I can't imagine that would be easy to find good water all over the United States. But, uh, yeah, that's that was definitely a big problem. And once you start getting to the desert areas, uh, not a whole lot of uh, grass for your uh, oxen. Yeah, that's that's kind of a sad thing when... I um... ran into that a lot in, like, the Midwest where it was just, like desert mm-hmm, and right. like, there's, like there's no you know there's not enough grazing land and I'm like uh yeah okay, inadequate well, grass inadequate I, grass what if your oxen died them? <laughs> can we share this and, I can't, and there was, there was a, I, I want to say that every time I ran into a settlement somebody was trying to trade trying to trade me like a wagon wheel for one of my ox and I was like <laughs> yeah. are you insane this is a this is a an animal that is pulling my way to Oregon, and you want to give me a wheel that I would need to pull myself without this ox. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. The, I think in the later versions of Oregon Trail, you get a little bit more uh, control over what you're trading. This was always like, you do not have an option of what you're trading. They are going to tell you what you have. Yeah, no, somebody trading. says they want to trade this yeah. for that. Do you and agree? That, was, that, that makes it really hard when you're really looking for just one item. Yeah, which for me it was always it was always food. Uh, that's, yeah, that's what yeah. I was always wanting to, to trade you for. You didn't know you could hunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I kept looking for like options to actually because I didn't have cash, so I couldn't buy anything. So I had to trade, and there was no options to trade for stuff you needed. So they kept asking for like ox, like Brian said, and I'm, it's like I have three left. There's no way I'm trading anything for the ox. I right. need all I'm of not these moving. to get where I'm going. <laughs> it's like, I will I'm... trade you these bullets for food, but that that's like all I'm really willing to give up. Bullets. Yeah, exactly. That's, that, that was the commodity I was willing to trade with. You know what else is weird? I think in the later versions of that game, it tracks your bullets when you're hunting. I didn't notice anything on this version of the game that actually tracked how many bullets you were spewing out. So, like, you know how, like, uh, yeah. it says you have 20 bullets left? In the old mm-hmm. hunting minigames, I thought it would say, like, well, if, if you start just randomly shooting, you're going to lose all your bullets. Making it a little bit more interesting. But this one uh, um, didn't seem to do that. But you can check your supplies, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it... I would assume that it tracks it, but I... I It, I, it tracks say. the number of bullets. I'm just really... I. I wonder if it's uh, if it's something that you just have to do manually. Like, you have to kind of go in there and go, okay, so I went I, in with this many, and yeah, I... Yeah, I wonder. I never looked, yeah. Yeah. I just assumed since there was no, like, countdown on it that there was no actual one-to-one relationship, and maybe it just charged you bullets every time you went hunting. Because I was spewing bullets all over the place. I wouldn't really be surprised if it, if it wasn't... A one to one, just because. Uh, but then at the same time, it seems like that would be something it would track. So I have no idea. Yeah. So that was that was my only other thing I noticed. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know it's funny. I, I I thought when we we talked about this being the first game, and we decided to go with the 1990 version of this, the original. I thought I might not enjoy it as much as I thought I would, but I still really like this game. It's. For how, as old as it is, it is really clever, and it's a really weird mix of, as you mentioned, Jonathan, like educa- uh, edutainment, and also just, I don't know, it's just a nice, quick experience. I, 
it, it's funny how this game still kind of holds up after so many years. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and to your too. yeah, and to your points earlier that like a just pure a pure version of this on an iPad or an iPhone uh, would be pretty great. Um, you know, if they could just yeah, you know, they could just put the numbers that you need to be able to use on the screen, like easily accessible. Um, and that would, I mean, you know, play through the thing in 10 minutes, maybe have it sped up a little bit so that the, like, walking animation is, is faster so you're not waiting as much. Right. Um, or give you the option to do that, maybe. Just change the uh Skip to the, the next speed. place, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that could be a, a fun little game to just kind of sit down and play. Uh, and th- there is a mobile version that um, came out a couple of years ago, but like I, I don't want a, a new, you know, <laughs> spend your money on gems so that you can get in-game gold or something like that. I, I feel like a just, you know, direct port of this on a mobile platform would be would be pretty fitting. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, agreed. I do. It is kind of interesting playing this game, though, and how much stuff is just left up to chance and randomness. And I don't think that most people like chance and randomness in games. I think what saves that, and I agree with you 100%, because pretty much every time I died, I didn't feel like I had a lot of control over it. I didn't have. Mm-hmm. A, I didn't feel like I had an option to actually avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it was kind of predestined that I was going to, but what what saves this is actually what we've been talking about is it's quick, right? So you're yeah. you can go back and start over, and ten minutes later you're in the exact same spot. It's not an instant retry, but I do think it still works. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think one of the things we'll probably talk about as this new version of the Dark Cast keeps going is a lot of these older games you forget, but we a lot of them were like this. A lot of old games were very up to chance and um, kind of made things really hard on the user and, and it's only been recently in the last 5-10 years where we started to see a, a change in kind of holding your hand throughout experiences but mm-hmm. um, yeah it is a little bit it's a little bit disarming to kind of just drown and see all of your people die and have to start over and you really didn't have another option, or at least as a carpenter, I didn't have another option. And, and there wasn't a lot of information to go on. Like, uh, there's a health stat, um, yeah. and, you know, like, the, traveling the trail, you don't find... They, there's nothing that tells you that resting, like, at a spot, and, you know, choosing to, like, rest for a couple of days is actually good for your people. And, like, yes, that sounds like a very, like, kind of common sense type of thing, that you don't need to constantly just push on, but there's no, there is nothing that ever tells you that you need to rest, and so that's mm-hmm, kind right. of like a, a thing you just have to hold on to if you want your people to kind of stay healthy. Into you know they need to have food to eat, and you need to make sure that they're resting because if you are constantly driving that train, um, you know somebody like Joel who is traveling with you breaks either both arms or <laughs> one arm twice on this <laughs> random trip to Oregon, and they don't. I think the other thing that always gets me is they don't tell you why. You just get stuck with the consequences. Right. Like, you have your you have your wagon and you have your oxen, and you are working your way down this trail towards whatever landmark is coming towards you. And all of a sudden you get this message that's like, hey, uh, you know, somebody has dysentery. And you're like, but why? What happened? Did 
did they eat something they weren't supposed to? Um, do I, you know, like... Right. Did I do th- something here? Yeah. yeah. Did I do something? No, it, it, you didn't do anything. It's just, it's random chance. And it's. I'm sure that there's math in the background that's going on that's like, okay, this person is at this health level. This is how much food they have in their system. Um, and then they have like, a, you know, like a 30% chance to come down with something. And that's that's what they have this time. So it's it's really... It, it It is a lot more difficult uh, than it has to be just due to that, but I think that's also one of the things that makes it really endearing. Mm-hmm. Is that it's so wildly just, like, out of left field. That, like, why yeah. did Joel break his arm? And then, like, wait, why did Joel break his arm again? <laughs> this was, like, 200 miles ago. What happened? Man, it's, it's that... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's, I was going to make something up, but yeah. it, it, it is actually sometimes these games are helped by their ambiguity, right? I, I remember even now, I mean, like as you were talking about that, I'm making up stories in my head of like what happened. Yeah, oh, uh, totally. And, and that's kind of what's nice, right? Because like you could you could see a modern day version of this where you're micromanaging the crap out of everything, like basically putting yeah. a safety belt on every little nook and cranny of this experience. And it's like, you know what? If you're traveling from one side of the United States to the other, it's not in the uh, 1800s. This is not going to be an easy task. And there is stuff that's going to happen that is going to be out of your control. Um, and I think the game does a good job of that. I, I do think that it's because this is the original version, um, there's a little bit more... Uh, uh, I guess there's a lack of descriptions and explanations that um, can sort of be forgiven. I think for me, though, the the fun of just one day randomly in the middle of the country, everyone just catching, uh, getting cholera, and then having someone break their arm, and then you get to a fort, and you're like, well, should I rest here for a week, or should I um, just keep going and push through, and and seeing how how that plays out is pretty cool. But, um, yeah, yeah, it is... It, it would actually be kind of cool to see a, a version of this game where it just randomly generated your stats at the beginning. You know, how many people you yep. had, how many oxes you had, how much money you had left over, and then just, you know, gave you a random assortment of food and clothing and whatnot. Yeah. And so it wasn't even... Because that was actually the thing I found the most annoying because I generally just bought the same stuff every time. Um and, uh, you know, the the most fun that I had was just, as far as that part was, giving people weird names. Um, and uh, so it, it would actually be really kind of cool to play a version of this where it just, you know, randomly generates that stuff and you are out on the trail trying to deal with whatever the hell random numbers are being thrown at you and then you die and you just you know hit the retry button and it puts you back down on there with four other random people and, you know, <sighs> a bizarre assortment of clothing and food and oxen. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. There's actually a modern example of that. This War of Mine, which I played probably a year ago, has a very similar uh, feel to Oregon Trail. The the only difference is you're trying to survive rather than go out uh, from one side of the country to the other. The interesting thing, though, is they have a mode which is completely random where you get just a random assortment of their characters and you kind of go from there. Um, And each time it it's totally random on who's going to attack you, who's going to, you know, break their arm, that kind of stuff. It's very similar, but a more modern day example. And that's actually another game that does not hold your hand either. So, um, it's definitely taking a lot of cues from 
um, the Oregon Trail, actually, which I would have never thought about unless we played this game. <laughs> nice. Any uh, other thoughts about the Oregon Trail? I do not have any. Right? Pretty sure we lost. Child in my ear. <laughs> So, so I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> I think so. Uh, all right, fun. Yeah, I, I think that was a, a good pick. And, it, yeah, like you said, Joel, it, it was surprising how much I actually enjoyed this, you know, yeah. 26-year-old game. Yeah, going back, uh, like, I I don't think that it's something I, I would have done without this. But at the same time, like, I'm glad I did it because it, it was... Uh, both nostalgic and I'm really glad that it did that it did hold up that mm-hmm. it was something that like, you know like going back to it was like hey you know what this is still a thing yeah and I'm glad that it survived yeah and everybody can play it for free on yeah. the ar- or archive.org which and looking a, through a that list holy crap they've yes. got a ton of stuff in there there's a ton of stuff in there Number bunches is in there. To speaking of edutainment, I'm not familiar with number munchers. Number Neither. munchers is like green alien, little green aliens, um, and it basically taught you, um, uh, you know, uh, your multiplication tables and your division and stuff like that. So you'd have like a board, or you'd have, um, you know, the this number munchers trying to work this machine, and you got to put in all the multiples of four that you see in front of you. And so you go and you munch them and you spit them out, or you go and you take them. It's, it was great. Nice. I remember playing that in computer class. Oh, man, the Oregon Trail Deluxe is on here as well. Obviously, we picked the wrong one. Wait, we ah. picked the wrong one? So uh, Oregon Trail Deluxe came out in 1992. Oh, Yukon Trail's on here, and so is uh, the Maya Quest, the Mystery Trail. Oh, Ooh. and the Amazon Trail. They're all here. Go all the way down yeah. to the bottom of the page. I'm not crazy. They've got similar items based on <laughs> metadata. Uh, Prince of Persia. I, uh, Holy Lord. I, I did I did remember playing a lot of Prince of Persia. Oh, there's actually a lot of reviews for this. This is this is kind this, of yeah, this is very there's and a lot of them are three you know, like four or five stars. There's yeah. a lot of one stars, like Well, I'm not gonna uh, read that one. That's really bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of the one stars are just that I'm saying are people just can't get it to play. Which yeah, yeah. side well, note: probably. don't use Chrome in yeah. Windows um, unless you have the beta uh, for version 52. Otherwise, it will not work. Um, but yeah, like uh, yeah, the the amount of stuff that is on Archive, uh, which I I didn't even know until we were looking at this, that they had games. I thought it was just, you know, old radio programs and stuff. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It is pretty cool. They got the original SimCity on here. Disney's Aladdin. Batman Returns. Uh, speaking of, you know, high quality games. Hey, Aladdin was pretty terrible, so... <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. Oh, Wasn't man. Aladdin one of the games that, like, the NES version was... Like, one of them was terrible, and one of them was actually good. The NES and, like, Sega version. I think you're thinking of Lion King. Maybe it was Lion King. I know the Genesis version of Lion King is actually pretty good. Okay. 
That must be what I'm thinking of. Maybe. It could be Aladdin, too. I actually don't remember yeah. Aladdin. I, I am definitely remembering um, blanking, though. Okay. Well, cool. Anything else that you guys have been playing uh, that you've been having a good time with? I mean, mine probably fits really well with the Oregon Trail, because I have been going back to Red Dead Redemption. Oh, nice. Wow. So, lots of open trails. Does that, is that as good as we remember? Oh is John Marsh, has John Marston gotten cholera or dysentery at any point? Uh, just of the mouth. I am honestly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just uh, dysentery of the mouth. No, he is... Uh, that game how, is how great would that be? Like an uh, Oregon Trail mode yes. for Red Dead Redemption? <laughs> that, that is Come out with DLC six years game. after the game originally yes. launched. Uh, actually, you know what? I should just go play the Oregon Trail as John Marston. They should have a cowboy version. Um, <laughs> see how you survive. Um, no, that game is really good. Gosh, I, it's what, like six, seven years old now at this point? Um, yeah. Uh, it just got back, it just is backwards compatible on Xbox One. I actually had to repurchase it. Um, I could not find my 360 copy, even though I think I still have it somewhere. Um, but it was only seven bucks if you were a gold member, so that was not, that was easily uh, an easy purchase for me. And I had digitally purchased uh, Undead Nightmares, so I have that to go back to if I want to, but uh, I'm about 15 or so hours into Red Dead, and I think I'm going to go all the way again. Um, I really, really, really love that game, and I think it holds up. Um, Both graphically, it looks great still, and uh, just technically, I think it's a really fun game. There's a a little bit more um, rough around the edges than I remember, so Mm -hmm. like, uh, the horse does weird stuff all the time, um, and... Some of his animations get clunky in the city, uh, but man, when you're out on the, the, trail, the horse or everything, okay. or Marston, man, like if you're like jumping like off a ledge or something, he gets caught on stuff all the time hmm. uh, within a city. Outside of the city, that game runs beautifully, but uh, uh, like many Rockstar games before GTA V, it didn't do all doesn't do all that well in tight spaces. Um, but man, that game holds up really well. It's a lot of fun. Great characters. Um, kind of a slow start, though. I forgot. You kind of remember the end of that game, but you don't remember. Like, um, I'm already forgetting her name. But there's uh, the lady who you, who basically finds you almost dead on the side of the road, who Bonnie? saves you. Uh, Bonnie. Yes. Thank you. Um, some of her missions are terrible, where you have to like wrangle cows and or mm. cattle and. Um, like get uh, coyotes away from the horses. Uh, There's some weird, like really boring starting missions, but once that game starts ramping up, it's, it's amazing. I, I am really, really enjoying being back in that world and it just makes me hope and uh, pray that they come out with a new one at some point. It's gotta be coming. One would think. Uh, one would think it's been what four or five years since GTA Five now, or three or four years. Um, three years since the original release, two thousand thirteen. Okay. Uh, which it's actually crazy to think that like for several years, Rockstar actually released a game a year, even if it wasn't right. produced by or published or developed by Rockstar North, uh, because Red Dead came out in two thousand ten. Um, I think. Uh, L.A. Noir came out in 11, then Max Payne in 12, and then GTA 5 in 13, and then GTA 5 again in 14. Um, yeah. Which, that's, that's just a lot of 
Rockstar games, and then we haven't had anything since. Um, which, you know, it's, it's been three years since an actual game was released and two years since they've done, you know, anything new. But uh, we were having a discussion on Twitter a couple of weeks ago when there was all that news about, um, you know, the, uh, the sales of Red Dead Redemption on Amazon going up like 6,000%. Yeah. Which sounds crazy. But, I mean, if there were only, like, ten copies being sold, then that's only, what, 600? Because that's like, multiplied by 60, I think. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's how math works. It, did, it um, is. I tried to do math on Twitter, and I was called out for it. And I was like, no, it's this. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah. This so, is why so I got my degree a better words. idea just do it as you're going <laughs> on a podcast. Good thing, yes. Jonathan. Right? Way to go. Hey, I can um, edit myself out here. Once it's on the internet, it's on the internet. That's, that's true. Right, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's surprising. I, I think they... Um, I don't remember which were developed by Rockstar North. And, like, I know LNUR wasn't Rockstar, right? That was... That was some other Team Banzai? Banzai? Yeah. Banzai? Yes. Uh, that was, um, yeah, they were Australian. Right. And I don't think... Did Rockstar North do Midnight Club games? I don't, they, I don't know if North did, but it's one of San the Diego actual did. San Diego, okay. Yeah. Like, it's been a while. Like, I think, so I don't know what the city of Rockstar is because they are really secretive and it's really hard to figure out what they're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, from my understanding, there are at least two different development teams at Rockstar, at least. Um, yeah. If not more. And you got to wonder what they're doing. Like, Rockstar, or, like, GTA V was a giant game. Still on the top ten sell, selling list um, most months um, on some platform. Uh, so like you, you kind of are, you kind of understand why they can take their time. But at the same, yeah, on the other side, like what are their developers doing? Like they're they're supporting GTA Online, um, but outside of that, I'm not sure what they're working on. And you kind of hope that there's more than one game currently being worked on by Rockstar because they're still one of the best developers. And the fact that this game came out in 2010 and uh six years later still holds up um I, i'd hold it up to almost any open world game today it, it's pretty impressive it's just uh it's really cool I, I am really enjoying being back in that world and uh happy to see it's backwards compatible on uh, xbox one it's fun and it's also cool to see just how much um care they seem to, to take with porting that because uh from everything that i've seen i, I haven't actually gone back and played it but um the Xbox One version is the the best version. Like it has the smoothest frame rate, and uh, that's really cool. Yeah, it, it is really cool. Um, and that's that's just Rockstar being Rockstar, I think. But uh, I, I'm really excited for whatever they come up with next. If it is Red Dead um, of some sort, I I, I will be uh, clamoring for it because this game uh, just remains as good as I remember it. it it's really really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of weird, and um, maybe not weird, not really funny. It's, I don't know, just anecdotal. Um, that, you know, it seems like because of the response that Red Dead has had with just getting backwards compatibility, that the next game has to be a Red Dead game. But then at the same time, it's, it's Rockstar. They're going to do whatever they want to. <laughs> right, right. It doesn't matter what people want. They're, they're like Apple and Blizzard and all these other companies that are like, no, we're going to tell you what you want, and you're going to want it. Trust us. Yep, yep. 
exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, they could surprise everyone and go future, and everyone would still just jump on board and be okay with that because it's Rockstar. There are very few developers that can say that, though. Yeah. And uh, looking at their Wikipedia page, there are actually a number of studios that they still have. There's Rockstar North, which is the one everybody knows about, Rockstar San Diego. Then there's Toronto, Leeds, Lincoln, London, and New England. Um, So... Yeah, yeah, and I believe Red Dead was San Diego was the main developer, but I just like Ubisoft, I think they all work on everything. So who knows? Yeah, I do believe they all work on everything. And according to the um, the list, where it just says it's got notes by each of the studios, uh, San Diego was the lead on um, Rockstar Table Tennis, uh, the Midnight Club series, and Red Dead uh, Revolver and Redemption. Um, the uh, North Studio is the one that's the lead on Grand Theft Auto and then the Manhunt series uh, Toronto is the studio that made the Warriors and then the, the PC ports of GTA 4 uh, which is probably why it's only compatible with Windows Vista um, I think people still have problems with the, the PC version of that which is wow. crazy um, let's see. London did Manhunt 2 and the portable version of Midnight Club Los Angeles. And uh, New England did the various ports for uh, Bully. So, random stuff there. That is some random stuff. Um, I did, when I did a Red Dead search, it does, there is a, a couple articles saying a potential reveal for August, but I feel for Red Dead Redemption 2, but I feel like I see that article every month, so I will yeah. not put much stock <laughs> in that. We will learn about it when Rockstar decides that we're going to learn about it, yep. and that's that's kind of exactly. about what's, what they do. Um, it is indeed. Yeah. It is indeed. What about you, Brian? You been playing anything fun? Uh, I, uh, let's see. I don't know if I talked about this the last time we were on. Oh no, maybe I didn't. Well, the, we were still playing it. So I, I play. I beat the, the um, last time we were on. Nobody else knows about. So that's true. I beat uh, Dishonored. Oh, nice. So I'm, I'm trying to catch up on on things that are becoming sequels this year. Um, <laughs> so I went through. I played and I beat Dishonored. And damn, that was a real good game. It is. Uh, I really. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, it is a good game. Yeah. How, how did you do as far as like chaos and all that? Uh, low like, chaos. Killing people. Low chaos. Okay. I, so I, I really appreciate, um, number one, that there was a skill that let me turn people to dust if I was forced to kill them um, so that I didn't have to move their bodies. Uh, and mm-hmm. number two, that dusting people wasn't considered a highly chaotic act. <laughs> so by the end, when I started getting a, a tiny bit bored with the kind of length and, and the way they were throwing together some of the enemy types... Um, I, and I just kind of started slaughtering people uh, just to get them out of the way. Uh, <laughs> I was very appreciative that just because they could not find the bodies means that there was nothing wrong that was happening. Um, so I was really cool with that. Uh, I loved um, that dude's ability to get around the game world, and I really enjoyed like the verticality of the maps and there always being like a kind of a high way to go about things and a low way to go about things. If you wanted to, like, you know, take over rats or take over fish, there was always a different path into things. Or if you decided that, hey, I'm just going to skirt the top of these buildings the entire time, 
that it that was always an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I liked that as well. Um because that's generally what I tried to do was stay high above everybody. Yeah. And um yeah, the the blink ability um that kind of so shows you where you're going to to teleport to and it just it completely takes out the guessing of trying to jump in a 3D environment which yep. really no game has mastered yet. In a, in a yet. first person 3D environment. Yeah, it, yeah, it's really like the one of the best traversal systems which I, I don't know how you replicate it in a game that's not like, hey, here's fantasy powers, you can now teleport yeah. like, I don't know how you do that elsewhere and I totally love, but, I really like it, the, yeah, um, the little arrows that you get when you are going to teleport onto the top of like teleport mm-hmm. close to the top of something but your dude's going to pull himself up. Yeah. I I thought that was really neat. Um I enjoyed the kind of story twist. I knew something was going to happen cuz they were kind of leading up to it but I did not expect like everybody to turn basically. I was like, yeah. wow, they 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 sure cut me off real quick. <laughs> um, I also really like, and I wish, and I, I know that this was echoed by a number of people when it when it, when it came out. Um, I, I wish there was more outsider stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was a really um, cool character and a cool idea, um, and especially having gone back and like watched on YouTube the various different endings depending upon the level of chaos. Um, mm-hmm. Just the the level of I really didn't care, you know, like from his perspective that he did not care. Um, in what manner things went down um, if you did stuff like the low chaos way and got kind of the good ending as it were um, he was impressed with the way you did that if you just became like chaos incarnate he, I mean you could almost feel him like drooling in the background like this is exactly what I wanted yeah this he's kind of smug about it like either yeah. way like yeah it, he seems much happier with you if you just have the city descend into rats and yeah, just utter, plague. Utter craziness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also I really liked that the game um doesn't come down to like a final decision of, you know, pressing one of three buttons. Uh which like all the Deus Ex games have come down to. You always <laughs> yeah. have one of three buttons to press. Uh but this just the end is decided by like how you've Your been playing the game. Yep. Yeah. If if you've got high ca- chaos or low chaos, that dictates that. And then there's kind of one final thing of you know whether or not you save Emily, um, because you can actually just uh, so if there's high chaos, then at the very end, uh, one of the the main bad guys is like out on this ledge in this giant storm on the top of this tower, and. Uh, he is going to kill Emily, and you shoot him, and as he falls, he pulls her off with him. And if you don't run out there fast enough, which the, the game gives you plenty of time, you actually really plenty have to be of a time. dick. Yeah. <laughs> you have to know uh, but what you're doing. If, if you really want to be a dick, you can just stand there and let her fall yeah. and uh, die. So you, you do have kind of that ch- choice that has a direct co- you know, in-game consequence at the end. Uh, but other than that, you know, it, it's really just based on just how you're playing throughout, and I, I appreciate that from a game. Yeah, oh, totally. Um, and, and speaking of yeah. uh, Deus Ex, I am just about done with Deus Ex Human Revolution. Okay, nice. And, uh, yeah. Oh, you really uh, are staying on theme there, Brian. Yeah, right? <laughs> I tried. Uh, 
they, you know, they were on sale for the Steam sale. I, I know both of those are coming out, um, not relatively, well, one of them at least relatively soon, and the other one in, like, November. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, that's, you know, I'm kind of torn on this game. I really like kind of the hacking stuff, um, mm-hmm. and, but I totally understand where people were coming from with the, the combat is really bad in this. Um, I didn't. I don't enjoy the like the shooting aspect of it, and so I've tried very hard to not have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've gone very heavy ghost um, as far and ghost as far as like getting the points at the end for not being seen and and not killing anybody and just trying to get around, just like trying to avoid everything just to kind of get to the story bits. Yeah, I would. Uh, I actually would. Um... I would go through and do, like, double ghost things. Because if you get past an area and nobody's seen you, then you get the experience for not being seen. Yes. But then you can go back and stealthily knock everybody out and get the points for knocking them out as well. <laughs> I I did that. That's... that's yeah. <laughs> I can certainly see you doing that. I had... It, like, with most of this, I had no interest of, like, I, you know what, I just want to get the hell out of here. Um... And and it it also did one of my least favorite things that a game does in that it removed at one point you get captured and it takes all of your stuff and turns off all of your um, augments basically. Um, Which that that's the DLC. So oh, is that is what it, that is? It, you're on like a freighter. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the DLC. Oh, that's total bull. Yeah. God, I wish I would have known that. I never would have. I man, I wish they didn't. Oh, I would turn that off because, like, no, I I had <laughs> my build going, and I suddenly like the story is interrupted. You know, like I'm on this freaking freighter trying to get to this place. I had no, yeah, you're oh, you're, had you're no like idea. yeah, you're shipping. I don't remember what the exact context is, but you're like shipping yourself across the world. Yeah, you were trying to and... you were trying to find the scientists. Sure. And the dude uh, tells but... you, you know to go to the port to plant the bomb so that it creates a diversion, and then they climb into one of the pods. Yeah. And they pull you right. out of the pod and they put you on this like EMP chair, and your shit's turned off. And then they you have to like I I like the part where you have to go find your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I get there, and they're like, yeah, we kind of have all your Praxis points. That should help. And I'm like, no, you are missing like ten flipping points here. You know, I used to be able to breathe gas and not, not have to worry about it. Or, you know, like not have to worry about electricity. And here I am like scrounging around almost having to kill people because you've taken all of my crap. And I can't hack anything anymore, and I hate everything about this. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of upset that uh, that that DLC kind of forced its way in there, and I'm I did not know that's what that was. Yep, that's the uh, uh, that's the DLC. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Your reaction's great, though, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you the... came into that game what like four or five years after its release. So oh, yeah, it... totally. I, so, and it's the director's I, cut, so like I knew right. that there was like DLC that was added in, 
But I, I, they did it so seamlessly that I thought I was it was say, just part of like what was going on. That's exactly what I was going to say. On one hand, it's kudos to them to yeah. throw the DLC and actually making it feel cohesive to the package. On, on the negative side, you wish it wasn't there. <laughs> well, on the other side, yeah. you took all my stuff. <laughs> so you can start it's it's one of those weird DLC. things because... Like, forget that. It makes some sense because the, the DLC came out months after the game was released. And so if you played the game when it came out and you want to go back to the DLC, the DLC is like, hey, we're just going to you know, reset your points so that you can rebuild and you can kind of reintroduce yourself to the game uh, since you know it's probably been a few months since you played it. And that makes sense from a post-release DLC thing. You know, you're coming at this months after you played the game. Uh, but yeah, when they put it back into the game, that it seems like they, I don't know, maybe should have better I, tried I to integrate it. I would have found it a lot more um, palatable had they given me exactly what I had. If you mm-hmm. gave me the exact number of points I had and used that as a almost as like a respec option, like, hey, you're going into a new place. Here's points. It's the exact number you had. Feel free to either do what you did before if you like that, or try something else. That sounds kind of cool to me, um, mm-hmm. but the like not giving me like me ending up with like ten. I want to say they gave you like ten or twelve praxis points, and knowing that I had at least like almost twenty built into things, like that's that just really kind of did- hurt me in a direction I don't appreciate. Did you have all of them back by the time you finished that area and got off the freighter? No. Okay, because I felt like I by the time I got done with the DLC that I was back to where I was. No, I'm still missing things that I had. Okay. And I, I you it's, know, it's like been I, a couple of years since I played it, so I, I don't really remember. Yeah, I'm still missing things that I had. I don't, I don't have like you know, like the better jump, um, the better armor. Um, all you know that 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 craziness. Um, I do enjoy the uh, the what's it called uh, the invisibility portion of that. Like that's his little like stealth enhancements. Those are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I think the hacking mini game is a little like touch and go. Um, but I enjoy that you can hack just about anything, and I, mm-hmm. I found that I found that to be really cool. Sure. Yeah, but otherwise, that is I definitely out of those out of the two of them. Um, I think Dishonored is the better game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I played them actually pretty close to each other. Uh, I played Dishonored not long after it came out, but I didn't play Deus Ex until the uh, director's cut came out. And, um, yeah, the of the two, Dishonored is the better Deus Ex game. Yeah. Um, which I, I think most of that has to do with because it has actual Deus Ex blood in it from the developers. Well, having, having not played any of the others, <laughs> just dealing solely with those two, I am I am absolutely I absolutely enjoyed um, just about everything about um, Dishonored more um, than the stuff in in Deus Ex. Sure, and the art style of Dishonored is just great. That was great. I I actually I really I really like kind of the like the dirty future of. Uh, of Deus Ex that they're presenting with these augs and, and things like that and everybody like like the crazy arms that people have um, yeah. and I, I really I watched a couple of videos of the um, uh, the, the Mankind Divided and I was like you know that looks that looks 
the the future looks dirtier. Like everything looks more filled in. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Adam looks as good, but you know, he's always more. He's just like a gruff person anyway. So I guess yeah. that doesn't really matter. It's still him just behind sunglasses and talking monotonely. Indeed. Yeah. The other thing that I I wasn't a huge fan of with uh, Deus Ex: Human Revolution is that technically it is a prequel to the other two Deus Ex games. Uh, and I find that to be really bizarre. Like, I feel like it should have just been a clean reboot. But, like, technically this exists in the same timeline, same story arc as the, the other games. And I don't think it really fits. Um, but that's that's just me. I'm one of the crazy people that liked Deus Ex Invisible War, so, you know, whatever. Ah... <sighs> I really did like that game. Anyway, uh, I haven't been playing very much uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, been watching. I, I've watched and finished Parks and Rec, which uh, really like TV. There, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, I was working on the the back end of our website, and I felt terrible. Uh, so actually, I I could not think to to type or to play anything. And uh, over that weekend, I think I watched either three or four seasons of Parks and Rec. Um, but I did like seven months of editing, so that was that was fun. Um, and made me not feel so useless for literally just sitting in my chair all day long. <laughs> right. Um, I, I have finished the, uh, the Technomancer uh, game that... Uh, Nobody's heard me talk about because that episode doesn't actually exist. Um, <laughs> so uh, I am I'm still trying to figure out how to write my review on that because it, it's one of those games where it's like I loved it. I have a hard time recommending it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like bringing together like actually, and it's one of those things when when you start writing stuff you can come across more harsh or more positive than you really intend to. And so I was trying to figure out how to actually just say what I want to say and it be balanced because the, the game's not perfect. It does have issues. Um, one of the, the weird things is the game has this morality uh, kind of system in it where when you fight people and beat them, you don't actually kill them. Uh, the the idea is that life is sacred on Mars because the the game takes place on on Mars, right. and um, so even when you're fighting people, you're not killing them, you're just knocking them out, and you can actually see everybody still breathing like on the the ground, which is kind of a a neat thing. Um, but the in game currency is this stuff called serum, and the game never really explains what serum is, but it is something that you can extract from both people and, uh, like, wild animals that you come across and fight. Uh, so there are a lot of areas in the game that are in, like, the, the caves of Mars and stuff, and so you're fighting these weird, you know, mutated uh, creatures and, and stuff like that, these um, uh, just various different things. There are things called ostriches that don't look anything like ostriches. Uh, but all this is just kind of crazy stuff. And so everything you can extract serum from. And the animals, uh, there's no morality penalty for it. But uh, for people actually killing them, you lose one 
point of karma. And uh, it's a really bizarre system because it seems like everybody should start reacting to you very negatively uh, because you can actually go in and you can see, you know, your relationship with people. And so for most people, when you first meet them, they are suspicious. And so you got a couple of different levels. There's uh, there's friendly, which is the, the highest for most people. Uh, there, has, there is like a, a romance kind of sub thing that you can do with three of the characters. So one person could eventually be in love with you. Uh, but for most people, they're friendly or they're good or they're suspicious or... Uh, flat out hostile and so if you are uh, if you're doing all this bad stuff of actually killing people then most people will never be above good um, and then other people you know you have to do more quests with them to get them out of either hostile or uh, suspicious but I never ran into a point where if I was so evil that people would like up and leave my party or anything. And it didn't even seem like it made any kind of impact on the dialogue with people. Everybody was still super polite to me, even though, you know, their relationship with me, according to the game was, you know, suspicious or hostile. Uh, so that, that's kind of weird, uh, because it really doesn't seem to matter. And also you only get a couple of units of serum out of people. And so, you know, when you complete a quest, you can get 400 units of serum. And you have all this stuff that you're picking up throughout the world, and you can uh, either break it down into different parts and use it for crafting, or you can go and sell it. Um, so in my first playthrough, I, I never killed anybody that uh, I didn't have to. And I, I never had a problem with money, like, remotely. Like, I always had plenty of serum to, to spend on weapon upgrades or... Uh, new weapons or new clothing or, or whatnot. So I found that to be uh, just kind of a weird system and, and something that made a lot more sense was uh, the other stuff that you do that can affect relationships with people and that's just when you side with different factions. So on Mars uh, there's there's not like normal governments there are these water corporations uh, that have come up, and they kind of have their own internal government that they uh, reside over their employees. And so you're part of um, this corporation called Abundance, and there's this gang on kind of one of the lower levels of the planet that you can work with called the Vori. And so when you carry out missions for the Vori, it adversely affects your relationship with abundance and vice versa. Um, and there are certain people that if you have them in your party when you um, when you do certain actions, like if you if one of your squad members asks you to go do this one thing and you have this particular character in your squad and they see you do that, then they're going to get mad at you. Uh, the only time that I ever saw like a real repercussion of that besides just like a single cutscene of somebody saying, hey, I don't think you should be doing that, uh, was actually early on in the game. Uh, it, it's kind of misleading because one of your early squad members, if you kill a guy... Um, which uh, is kind of like a submission that you can do for the Vori on another mission that you're doing, then he'll just straight up leave your, your party. But then you can just go find him and, and bring him back into your party. And then that never, that type of reaction never happens again. And so it, it's one of those things where if you're, 
if you're playing the game as I assume normal people are, which is you know trying to be a good guy, uh, and I just say that because that's how I always try to be the, the, right. the first time through, and I only ever try to be a bad guy if I'm you know just wanting to see how it's different. And so that was disappointing to go in and see. It's like, wow, this game doesn't actually treat me differently than you know if I'm good or bad for the most part. Um, but uh, regardless of, of that, the overall just like combat system and the, the skill trees, um, like I had a really good time uh, playing the game. You have three different stances that you can use. Um, the default one is the warrior stance where you've got the staff that's kind of got a, a wide range of um, attack that it can do. So it, you're hitting multiple people at a time. Uh, there's the rogue stance, which gives you a pistol and a short blade. And then you've got the guardian stance, which gives you a shield and a mace. Um, and it, the one thing that's kind of weird is the fact that, uh, you can actually switch between all three of those stances on the fly. You, you press, um, if you're using mouse and keyboard, I think it's just ZX and C that switch between them. And then if you're on a controller, you uh, press one of the bumpers and then the top three face buttons will swap between those three uh, positions. But the weird thing that I ran into is that like the, the game seems like it's encouraging you to try out all these stances. But even on just normal, like to survive, the, the game is pretty difficult. And I found myself just having to stick with one stance so that I could put more stuff into it so that it worked uh, better and I didn't die as easily. At one point, I actually dropped the difficulty down to easy um, until I got into the second act, which is, I don't know, uh, 10, 15 hours into the game. Uh, and then I actually felt like it was too easy and I, I bumped it back up. Um, so there's definitely some uh, some difficulty issues there, but again, yeah, just like I don't know, I just had a good time with it. That's good. You you like weird games, and that's a game I, I have not heard anyone talk about at all. Like I didn't even know that game existed until you talked about it. So it, it's I'm glad you liked it though. Yeah. So uh, so review Sounds will like be a forthcoming. Game I would absolutely loathe. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everything you described made me like, oh god, nope. Yeah, <laughs> no, you you wouldn't like this game at all. Yeah, it's um, which makes yeah, me really yeah. worried for this next part of this podcast where you pick a game I have to play. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. So uh, the next part of the the show is where we're going to pick a game, but we are going to take a short break okay. uh, because we're going to play a round of Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> oh, so boy. we'll be back in a moment. Well, everybody, we are back. Thank you for waiting through that excruciatingly long uh, break. Hopefully it actually wasn't that long. I haven't edited it yet, so I assume it's not very long at all. But anyway, Jonathan, you're not doing I'm your rambling. job if it's long. <laughs> right. <laughs> so 
blame Jonathan if that was a long wait. I, I would assume it's about 10 <laughs> seconds, so... Indeed. Um, so yeah, so we're going to play a couple of rounds of Cards Against Humanity, actually an online version um, called Cards Against Equestria. Uh, there'll be a link for it in the show notes so that you can check that out if you want to. It's pretty fun. So basically, the first person to win two rounds uh, will be the person that picks the next game that we play. Uh, so Joel, you are the card czar, so what? what is the black card? So the black card for our first round of Cards Against Equestria is what do old people smell like? What do old people smell like? <laughs> All right. So we got That is really on the nose, Jonathan. <laughs> okay, well, Brian just gave it away. But uh, so the two answers for what do old people smell like is Lance Armstrong's missing testicle or... That sounds familiar. Yeah, or old. What do old people smell like? Old people smell like old people smell. Hmm. That uh, might be too on the nose. I gotta go with the missing testicle. Oh, thank you. I have to imagine they smell more like a missing testicle than old people. <laughs> that's probably true. You know, uh, which it's kind of funny because that um, uh, Lance Armstrong's missing testicle actually appears in one of the uh, gamers' reads episodes so, so either if either you can we, spot that then in, yeah. I, I don't know something I like they don't have the cards in cards against equestria or we just got really random <laughs> all right brian you are the card czar this time so you have to read us the card oh okay i didn't know this <laughs> oh all right in michael jackson's final moments he thought about blank oh god some of these are bad <laughs> Yeah, they are. Never bad. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, do it. Give me the worst. <laughs> oh no! Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> In Michael Jackson's final moments, he thought about the taint, the grundle, or the fleshy fun bridge. <laughs> or in his final moments, or maybe both, he thought about seventy-two <laughs> virgins. Um, I'm going to choose this first one. I'm going to choose this this one uh, just because I, I'm choosing. I'm going with the taint, uh, just because I, you know, that's that's weird enough for for MJ. Yes, I think the seventy two. I think the seventy two virgins is just not like that's a very specific number that I don't think he would reach for. You <laughs> might have only been thinking of sixty. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a score. Uh, that was so, a good one. Yeah, that was good. All right, so now I'm the card czar. When I am the president of the United States, I will create the Department of Blank. One card is in. Oh man. When I'm the president of the United States, I will create the department of. All right. When I am the president of the United States, I will create the department of Nickelback. <laughs> no. I will create the department of hot cheese. I would, I'm going to have to go with honestly, hot cheese. I would honestly create that department, too. Me, too. Hot <laughs> cheese uh... all the way around. You oh, we hot cheese. It would be the best department in the United States. It yeah. would. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. 
Absolutely. Like, I, I think if I was the president... Bringing the, people the together. Yeah, if I was the president, I would actually make the Department of Hot Cheese. Mm-hmm. Well, I officially cannot win the cards against Equestria because I am the card czar, and the score is 1-1-1. One, one, one. Each of us has one point. That is so true. So the winner of this round will win the choice of what game we will be playing this month. I think, okay, so I think it's got a... So... There's got so okay. So there's got to be a better. There has to be a point where you. What? So so, do we go three out of five then, or the first That's to fine. three then? I don't mind. All right. It's, well, I think it's, we'll I, go three. yes, I think yeah. Well, yeah, I think we kind of have to go through first for three, unless it, uh, well, okay. it's first. So you have to win by, you have to win by two. Okay. Well, so that that three. could make this go a really long yeah, time. Yeah, I want so I'm first five to five or like win by two. Because I think that's the only fair way to do it so that everybody everybody has a chance to get that. That's fine. All right. So we are not going to pick a winner this round. But yes. All right. the class field trip was completely ruined by what? And the answer. <laughs> the class field trip was completely ruined by amputees? Or the class field trip was completely ruined by racially biased SAT questions. <laughs> I gotta go with the racially biased SAT questions. That will ruin any class field trip. Any any field Absolutely. trip. There shouldn't be any test questions there, much less ones that are that are racially biased. Good job, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Although amputees, that was a close one, Jonathan. That was good. I, I was I was really. How did you know that was mine? Because Brian got the points. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Oh, this uh, card is this card is totally. I I absolutely should be judging this. What's the next superhero sidekick duo? Superhero sidekick duo. I assume this means there are two cards in play. There are. First two cards down. So tough. Come on, Jonathan. All right, this, this, is, this is bad. All right, here we go. The next superhero sidekick duo: Silence and a collection of high-tech sex toys, <laughs> or Centaurs and God. <laughs> come on, Centaurs and God. Yeah, come that's, on. There was only one right answer. Yeah, there was. Yes, yeah. It was, it was only one yes. of us read the actual card. There. Come on, Jonathan. <laughs> I like I, I I the idea of like an out there silence slash like a dude just covered in high tech sex toys. It was interesting. <laughs> I'm glad you thought so. Yeah. All right, we got another two carter, and the Academy Award for blank goes to blank. The Academy Award for blank. Goes to blank. Two cards in. Hold on, two I don't, cards down. No, I don't. No, I want to. So the first one you click is the first one, and the second yeah, but one you I, click is the second. Can you unclick? Oh, you can't. Yeah. No, you click just have to put them in order. The I got you. Okay. 
All right. So the Academy Award for Hospice Care <laughs> goes to bees. There, there's a there's a question mark there. Actual so question mark. Bees. Or the Academy Award for Lunchables goes to Nicolas Cage. Academy Award-winning uh, actor Nicolas Cage. That's true. I'm going to have to go with... like I feel like Nicolas Cage could win an Academy Award for a movie called Lunchables. How great would that be? That's fair. That's fair. That would be pretty great. I think I just won. Uh, Maybe? I think so? Yeah, Were we going first to three or win by... No, I think we've all had that... a chance to go. Yeah, all right, I, I, yeah. I'll go first. That's fine. You won. All right. You did it, Congratulations, Joel. I, I came you back. Two rounds in a row. You did. Oh, God. Now I have to pick a game. Now you have to pick. Yeah, now it's on. Now All it's on the game. pressure. So, the dun, game dun, I'm dun. picking uh, was released in 1994. Okay. It was released for the Super Nintendo. It is a game I have never played. Uh, the game is Super Metroid. Oh. SNES. How are we playing this fantastic uh, game? Uh, we are going to play it with a beautiful ROM and emulator. Ooh. I actually I bought this game for my Wii a long time or ago. Or your Wii, if you have it for your Wii. <laughs> I think I actually have this on my Wii. Well, that's even better if you do, but I have never played Super Metroid. No. Was... I haven't either. I don't know why I bought it, but I did. <laughs> well, there you go. Perfect. If I, buy it, I will pay for it, but otherwise I will be picking it up for... Uh, on a ROM, but it's a game that I've always wanted to play, and I feel like this is the opportunity to play it. So the 1994 release for the Super Nintendo Met- Super Metroid is my pick. I like it. Awesome. I like it. I don't know. We don't actually have to finish the game, do we? I, hope I don't not. think so. No. <laughs> okay. Good. Glad <laughs> we made my, that rule. My pick. My pick would not have been something that I would have counted on anybody to finish. Okay. So, cool. Yes. All right. Awesome. And I think it's actually available for the uh, the Wii U, maybe. Cool. Um, send me the uh, yeah. right everywhere. Send me the send me the ROM. Send me send the you. where I got to get this thing. No problem. Alrighty. Right. Good stuff, guys. We did it. Yes. We did our first. We are back. Our first two hundred and thirteenth episode. That's right. Here's to yes. the next two hundred and thirteenth episode. It's gonna take a lot longer though. Yeah. <laughs> One a month. It will. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to reach 400 anytime soon. Um, but it's awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining me and chatting about video games and picking a game and playing Cards Against Humanity and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, if you listeners enjoyed this and want to find out more about DarkStation, then you should head over to DarkStation.com where you can see our reviews, previews, and of course the podcast as well as our interview series. And you should also check out our new – is it a sister site? Is that what, what it's going to be? Site. Why not? All right. Not? It's sister site Gamers Read where you can hear us talk about books um, and really rip into a bunch of books. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you want to hear us do that, then you can check that out. So yeah, darkstation.com and gamersread.com for all of your podcasting stuff. So uh, just, yeah, your thank needs, you guys once desires. again. Your needs, yeah. Podcast the stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, thank you guys and have a good one. Bye, everybody.